Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. And today we're going to take a look at Paolo Nottini on his 2022 tour at the Cardiff International Arena. Now, it's a big show. I say big show, it's a medium-sized show. It's a five-truck show. And surprisingly, by uh, just gone midday, they've near enough finished building the uh, rig. And they're testing the lights and they've got everything coming out the flight cases onto the stage so they're getting there uh, so what do we have right now let's start off with the sound we have the line array stage left and stage right which are two wide and ten deep slightly set back and at 45 degrees you've got the smaller line arrays which are two wide and eight deep and on the front of the stage you have ten single layer subs on the floor with a front fill on each of the on each of the subs so a nice basic bit of that kit there it's not needed because of the type of musician Paul Paul Natini is lighting wise though this is quite interesting actually it's really interesting so stage left and stage right you have three sets of lighting ladders hanging down from a feeder truss so what's a lighting ladder well it's a load of rigging that looks like big chunky ladders that hang from uh, a truss and on each rung of the ladder is a light and these lights are source fours so a bit old school technology with a modern twist because they are the led source fours so it's essentially the same body with with an led at base of the unit and a high def 36 i believe they're 36 degree lens tubes in there and uh, there's a way to tell them oh well i can tell them by touch from using uh, source fours uh, <laughs> for many many years uh, the old school version of the tungsten versions you can do that by putting your hand up the uh, snoot of the uh, lens and uh, <laughs> feeling the position of the lens so anyways I digress so you have the uh, side trusses then you have your front of house one which there's only one front house bar and that's got some LED profile units on there and on LX two three and four no lx one two and three on stage you have lx one which is a small bar in the middle of the stage with a handful of profile units then setback is the next one which is slightly wider with the same units on there and further back still you've got one that's even longer with the same kind of units as well and I'm going to make a slight correction because there's actually uh, wash units as well as the uh, profile units on there. Uh, so it's wash, profile, wash, profile, wash, profile. Also you have some uh, single row mold phases on there as well on each of those lighting trusses. So a nice little bit of uh, coverage for the audience. Currently I am unsure if there's going to be some floor units at the side of the stage but I can see a handful of floor units at the back of the stage just in front of a white backdrop. So I've got a funny feeling that they're going to light the backdrop to different colours because it's an old school cyclorama style backdrop and when you shine enough lights on there it'll have a nice seamless wash and colour on that backdrop. So very very nice. Also, the reason for that particular uh, backdrop 
in the auditorium, I say auditorium, on the arena floor, in the mixer position, you've got a uh, tall platform behind the lighting desk with two massive Christie projectors and they're obviously going to project images onto that backdrop as well so not only will they be lighting it they'll also use video footage from the front and stage left and stage right you've got old school uh, projector screens and there's also a projector platform sat against the wall giving enough throw to put a nice image on there and i think that that's going to be close close-ups from a camera position onto uh, paolo natini we'll be back after this so not only does monster x media have a series of podcasts but we also have a series of books the first book is actually two books it's volume one and volume two of a tribute to working at sea the best fiction is based on truth this is a compilation of short stories rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated whilst other stories are pure fiction the title of the book a tribute to is fitting with the tone of the book because like a tribute act it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth there are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry as well as stories with a sexual nature so sit down relax and enjoy the ride of a tribute to working at sea volumes one and two all of these books are available on amazon and are available in paperback and on kindle and the links for all these books are in the description below Paolo Giovanni Nutini, born on the 9th of January 1987, is a Scottish singer, songwriter and musician from Paisley. Nutini's debut album, These Streets, 2006, peaked at number three in the UK Albums Chart. Its follow-up, Sunny Side Up, in 2009, debuted at number one in the UK Albums Chart. Both albums have been certified quintuple platinum by the British phonographic industry. Five years later, Nutini released his third studio album, Caustic Love, April 2014. The album received positive reviews from the music critics. Caustic Love debuted at number one in the UK Albums Chart and was certified platinum by the BPI in June 2014. While Natini has not formally addressed it, he was on hiatus from 2017 to May 2022 when he announced his fourth album, Last Night in the Bittersweet. Among other accolades, Nutini has received three Brit Awards nominations and an Ivan Novello Award nomination for songwriting. In, t- in July 2014, he was referred to by the BBC as arguably Scotland's biggest musician right now. So here's a bit of uh, his early life history. So Nutini was born in Paisley, Scotland, as we've been over, and has a younger sister. His father, Alfredo is a, is a Scot of Italian descent from Barga in Tuscany, whilst his mother Linda is Scottish. He was expected to follow his father into the family fish and chip shop business. As a child, he attended Pace Youth Centre. He was first encouraged to sing by his music-loving grandfather Giovanni Jackie Natini and a teacher at his school. 
St Andrews Academy who recognised his talent. Nettini left school to work as a roadie and sell t-shirts for Scottish band Speedway. He spent three years learning the music business and performing live. He later worked as a studio hand at Glasgow Park Lane Studio and it is where he started demoing songs writing with Jim Dugide and the drummer of Speedway. His big chance came when his younger family member signed him up to his first live show which was 102.5 Clyde 1 for David Snedden's return to his hometown of Paisley at the beginning of 2003. Snedden was delayed and as the winner of an impromptu prop quiz, Natini was given the chance to perform a couple of songs on stage during the wait. The favourable reaction from the crowd impressed another member of the audience, Brendan Moon, who offered to become his manager with his business partner, Mike Baldwin. Mike Baldwin continues to manage Natini. At 17, Natini moved to London and performed regularly at the Bedford Pub in Balham with local singer-songwriter Charlie Wallace. Other radio and live performances had followed, including two live acoustic spots in Radio London, the Hard Rock Cafe and support, and support slots for the Rolling Stones, Amy Winehouse and Katie Tunstall. Natini became known for singing with his eyes closed during his entire performances. In 2006, Natini appeared on BBC Scotland's Hogamedia Live celebrations after the official celebrations in Princess Street Gardens were cancelled at short notice due to abysmal weather. He performed several songs in the Great Hall of Edinburgh Castle for the live TV audience with little or no rehearsal. On Wednesday the 11th of April 2007, Natini performed in a concert that was streamed live via MSN Music. Natini's songs have infiltrated American TV shows as well as Last Request featured at the end of the Scrubs episode, My, World, My Words of Wisdom, from season 6, the first ever episode of Gavin and Stacey and the One Tree Hill season 4 episode, The Birth and Death of the Day. A million faces could be heard at the end of Grey's Anatomy episode testing 1, 2, 3 from series 3 and is on the, volu- is on the volume 3 soundtrack. Rewind was played at the end of CSI Miami season 5 episode Broken Home. Jenny Don't Be ha- Don't Be Hasty was also featured on another member of the CSI franchise when it played on CSI New York season 3 finale Snow Day. New Shoes featured in the Jane Austen Book Club and a TV ad for Puma AG during summer 2008. On the 24th of July 2007, Natini was awarded the Golden St. Christopher Medal by the city of Barga in Italy, the highest honour the city can give to celebrate his extraordinary contributions to Barga and its people. On the 18th of September, Natini performed Last Request on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. In September 2007, Natini recorded a short radio show with Amin.com where he listed his top 10 favourite tracks and the reasons behind his choices. In October 2007, Natini performed for the annual Voodoo Fest held in New Orleans, Louisiana. In 2008, Natini's music was featured in the movie adaptation of Ivan Welsh's best-selling novel Ecstasy, Three Tales of Chemical Romance. On New Year's Eve in 2008 to 2009, on New Year's Eve in 2008, 
Latini performed at the Hogamy Street parties for both Edinburgh and Glasgow in Scotland, becoming the first act to play both locations at the same day for the event. Latini appeared on the 2011 documentary Reggae Got Soul, the story of Toots and the, the Maytales, which was featured on BBC and described as the untold story of one of the most influential artists to ever come out of Jamaica. On the 27th of July 2012, Latini sang at the London 2012 Olympic Games opening ceremony concert in, Lo in London's Hyde Park, along with Duran Duran, Snow Patrol and the Stereophonics. Latini had an eight-year on on again off again relationship with Scottish marketing graduate and model Terry Brogan. The pair met at St Andrews Academy in Paisley and started dating when they were 15. After the split he was romantically involved with Irish TV presenter and model Laura Whitmore. Natini had a relationship with English actress and model Amber Anderson from 2014 until 2016. Natini stated in a June 2014 interview that he has smoked cannabis every day of his life since the age of 16. Natini has also had an honorary doctorate from his hometown university in Paisley, the University of the, of the West of Scotland. On the 22nd of February 2015, a biography about Natini was published under the title Paolo Natini, Coming Up Easy. The biography was written by the author Colin McFarlane. As of 2017, Natini was living at his hometown in Paisley and he performed karaoke there in 2019. In July 2019, Paolo donated over 10 grand to the charity Tiny Changes by buying and raffling off the Chewbacca mask worn on stage by fellow Scottish musician Lewis Capaldi at Transmit. Paolo is a lifelong supporter of Celtic Football Club, which is not a surprise because most uh, people from that region of Scotland will support Celtic or Rangers. Right, so his discography is These Streets in 2006, Sunnyside Up in 2009, Caustic Love in 2014, and this year's Last Night at the Bittersweet. Now we've had a bit of Paolo Nettini, we're going to check out his uh, support. We'll be back after this. The Royal Carnarvon Crescent by Paul Collis from Master X Media. When a neighbourhood dispute explodes into an all-out war. So Chaz Bruford, his wife Ellie and their young daughter Aurora move into Carnarvon Crescent. They soon become aware of the troublesome next door neighbour who makes a point of living in her house for over 50 years. From the moment Chaz arrived and began to unload, his new neighbour takes an instant dislike into him and she goes out of her way to make Chaz and his family feel unwelcome. The animosity quickly spirals out of control from both parties and the mutual respect gets lowered right into the gutter from the outset. Chaz comes to realise that this is not just any war, it is a neighbourhood war to end all wars. This book is available to buy on Amazon and this book is available on hardback, paperback and Kindle. This book is pure fiction and should not be used as a user manual. And we're back. So, New Dad are an indie rock band from Galloway Island. The music has been compared to The Cure and and just mustered by Enemy Magazine. Artwood Magazine wrote of the group, the band oozes personality with cynical but honest lyrics, colourful visual components and 
poignant me uh, messages about, about coping with the painful formulative experiences. The group have appeared at the Green Man Festival in Wales, the Pitchfork Music Festival in Paris, and on the Irish television programme Other Voices. Julie Dawson, Andal O'Byrne and Fascia Parsley stated that the band started the band while in secondary school as a way of avoiding solo performances for their Leaving Certificate Practical Music exam. O'Dowd, who was studying music technology at, in Limerick, began recording the band before eventually becoming a full member. An early feature in local paper, the Connacht Tribune, wrote, Belaying their relative inexperience, Galway band New Dad are fast becoming one of the city's most inventive and enthralling acts. The band released five singles in 2020, How, Swimming, Cry, Blue, and I Don't Recognise You, which accrued over 2 million streams on Spotify. On November the 5th in 2020, the group recorded a live session for Steve Lamarck's show on BBC Six Music. So, the, ba the band are Julie Dawson on vocalist and rhythm guitar, Andal O'Byrne on bass guitar, Sean O'Dowd on lead guitar, and Fasia Pardo on drums. And here is their discography. So you got two EPs, Waves EP in 2021 and Banshee EP on 2022. And their singles are How in 2020, Swimming in 2020, Cry in 2020, Blue in 2020, I Don't Recognise You in 2020, Ladybird in 2021, Say It in 2022 and Illy 2 on 2022. So there's not much about them. But I'm sure what we haven't gone over, they're going to make up for on the performance itself. We'll be back after this. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Master X Media presents Lord of the Memes, Bad Dog, Farmer Frank's Filthy Fucking Farm, and Bonnie Bouncing Baby Bastards. All three of these books are meme books, and they come up with some pretty brutal and hilarious memes which are definitely not for children or the easily offended. These are ideal gifts for Secret Santa, Father's Day or even birthday presents for the fun loving man. So why not take a chance and make his day when he gets to read a lot of the memes meme book. All three books are available on Kindle, hardback and paperback on Amazon. And we're back and it's now the next day and I'm now on foot. So the reason for that is the loadout was a bit of a late one and yes, life. <laughs> Anyways, so new dad. The house lights went down and the house music faded down as the band walked on and occupied the downstage centre section of the stage. Lighting wise, they had a backlit stage which was uh, backlit in which was backlit in Congo blue and with a handful of white lights uh, as specials and what I mean by a special is a pool of light so it basically means that's one person's own special light and that's what they did they lit everyone up or every member of the band up in a special and that's it and that is how it stayed for the entirety of the set so they were quite literally rooted to the same points but they had the beams uh, as wide as possible so they had a bit of leeway and playroom 
so they can move around a little bit but not too much because it was a very limited amount of light now sound wise so there wasn't much clarity within the sound mix and it was un unusually loud I mean decibel wise not really uh, but there was a lot of um, there was a lot of volume in there uh, so when I say the difference between it there is a big difference between volume and decibels it's just a different metric of monitoring how much noise is coming out but we can go into that another time the second song unfortunately was plagued absolutely plagued by feedback and it took a while for it to get under control but it was a real piercing loud sharp bit of feedback each time now how was this caused i'll tell you exactly how this was caused the guitar amps were not put through the sound system on a di direct interface no they had a microphone in front of each uh, amp and then directly in front of the each amp was the stage monitors so they could hear what they needed to hear in their version of the mix and because those were running really loud the microphones on the amplifiers of the guitars were picking up the uh, signal from the monitor from the monitors and that's what caused the feedback so eventually the uh, sound engineer wrestled down the volume and got the feedback under control and then the front of the house mix was, was a little bit lowered as well so they find it finally got caught by the uh, third song I'd say third or fourth song that they had the sound was much better controlled and then you could appreciate that the lack of clarity that they had was their unique sound it was the, the way how they're uh, how the band works is it's a little bit it's a little it's their unique sound there's another way to describe it it's not about through a general lack of clarity it's the way how they merge their sound together to give them to give the band its unique sound and i say that in the same respect of for example surfer rock it has its own unique sound and it's very distinctive and in the same school of things that's how new dad were they had their own unique sound and i actually like that sound once it was wrestled down into a bit more control and it came across really well actually performance wise i do believe new dad have so much more potential they are definitely definitely on the up and coming because their songs were great they were quite memorable and they had great stage presence and great charisma for example the guitar uh, the uh, male guitarist uh, stage right the lead guitarist i would say maybe not sure i'm not sure because they swap but the lead singer would swap between being uh, lead and rhythm with the uh, other guitarist but anyways he was rocking out properly hardcore rocking it out in his own world which was great it's refreshing to see someone do that and the bass player she was great she had a presence as well they all interacted well together and Judy Dawson who is the lead singer she has such a distinct voice which was really good to hear and re refreshing because it's something different and when I say something different I mean it's really good 
and that's what you want in a new up-and-coming band a unique sound which makes them stand out from all the rest there's no, definitely no mediocrity within this band they are unique on their own and they will become pro quite prominent in the future I do believe we'll be back after this Anthology of Rage by Paul Collis from Masterix Media Anthology of Rage is split into four distinct sections. Each section was originally supposed to become a book in their own rights, but unfortunately the author never got round to finishing each project. He did feel though that these pieces of work were too good just to be forgotten about on his hard drive and decided to put them all together in this anthology. Section 1 is a continuation of a tribute to Working at Sea, which with the last seven short stories written from the collection that didn't quite make volume 1 and 2 but were too good to be left unpublished. Section 2 Not quite short stories but more rants that could be seen to be short stories about Christmas. Section 3 Monologues from the twisted mind of the author and Section 4 are poems based on the life experiences of the author so a nice little eclectic mix of short stories and poems. Very interesting read. And if you like anger, this is a book for you. This book is available on paperback, hardback, and ebook format on Amazon. And we're back. So, Paolo Martini. The lights went down, and all the screens started up with the uh, intro video, which was, which looked like an old school TV, you know. If, you, if you're old enough to remember black and white TV where it gets all fuzzy and out of signal and you have to get your hand, you swirl it around and then you bang the top of the TV. That's what it looked like but without banging the top of the TV where the image was cutting in and cutting out. And then what they did very cleverly as the lights were coming up uh, to reveal Paolo, uh, Paolo Natini, they had his uh, live video feed get mixed into that TV style static and he was coming in and out in and out I don't know if anyone's seen uh, Star Trek 2 the Rafa Khan where they're in the nebula and you see little glimpses through the static of the USS Reliant or if you're if you're Khan you saw a glimpse of the USS Enterprise but that's what it looked like it had that that it had that vivid feel about it but anyways I digress Soon as, as soon as Paolo Nutini started up, up singing, the stage got flooded with red tight beams and it looked quite impressive actually, really did. And then when the actual beat kicked in, you had all the uh, LED Source 4 units in their tight focus just did a nice red chase and it looked really impressive actually. Now lighting wise, from start to finish you had a either a full stage of colour with well I say colour you had more open white with accent colours we've been over the accent colours already from uh, the Kaiser Chiefs but you had nice colours but they kept the, they kept the look quite vivid throughout and I'll get onto that with the VTs but you also had a lot of the show where there's just concentrated pools of lighting which worked really well because they just had minimalistic lighting for these isolated pools which basically gives off the feeling of proper isolation and 
harshness in certain places and or even or even full-blown moods deep moods and whatnot and that's what I like about it it just reminded me of working on Les Mis from back in the day that's how it, it was lit it was lit dark and there was a time and place for light and dark and this was the time and this was the place it had the perfect uh, it had the perfect feel to it in places and with the amount of the LED Source 4 profile units which were on the 36 to be lens tube by my edge because I went right up close to them uh, at one point and saw that it had the 36 degree lens tube sticker on it so I didn't have to even stick my hand up the uh, unit and neither would I because A they're not my lights and B it's a bit rude to just play around with someone else's work and focus anyways I digress um, but all those units that are on the uh, ladders they just created a nice light curtain feel to it that is on the side and you also had some light curtain uh, effects uh, from LX2 coming down in pools of light as well which if you saw my one of my photos on Instagram you would see a bit of that light curtain in an isolation pool which looked really good actually now the AV was quite peculiar from start to finish and they kept it vivid and abstract so you had weird lava lamp style images uh, cut in cut out you had static cut in cut out and this is all from the front projector onto the screen which also gave off a bit more lighting effect as well uh, once it's hit the smoke so say you weren't looking at the stage but you're looking towards the back of the arena you could see the uh, pools of light in the in midair as uh, the projector bounced the light around on the back of the screen on the screen at the back so you could see this glow this mist glow misty glow of light which depending on what color it looks it looks either warm or sometimes quite dare I say it creepy which had a really good effect to it especially if there's an isolation period on the stage and also what most people wouldn't understand is the brightness of the uh, colors on the screen and uh, at even some point on the walls because they had projectors front of the house that uh, projection on the walls of the arena as well and these were pretty dim when they re uh, when they reached the screen because they deliberately they deliberately had calculated the light decay and what do, you, do I mean by light decay well you have your light source and you have the place where it hits and if it's a really bright intense light it won't fade it in intensity by the time it hits its target but if you're but if you've got a, a weak a weak lighting source such as the projectors and the target is towards the end of its visual range it'll get dimmer as the further the light is getting projected until it's not seen at all and that's what they deliberately banked on because with these vivid colors and whatnot if they were on a LED screen a modern LED screen they would just completely outshine all their lighting effects that they designed for you know with the source for par LED units to uh, the moving head units with their gobos and whatnot and if there's an isolation pool then it wouldn't look much, it wouldn't look isolated at all so that's why they've done it with with old school projectors knowing full well that there will be light decay 
and it was a deliberate effect. Now sound wise, from start to finish, the volume was, was relatively loud but it was also of a low decibel nature throughout the whole show which was yet again a deliberate thing they wanted to give you the volume but not the but not the but not the whack full whack of decibels in your face so you you could get the you'd get the volume but not the power and i think that's a deliberate thing that they've done within the uh, sound design of the show and it was definitely a uh, 22 karat gold clarity standard for his set from start through finish. How was his actual performance? Well, he's a very talented musician. He's a very powerful singer. And from start to finish, he had people singing along, you know, people swaying in certain places on, and he just captured their imagination and attention from throughout. When I was walking through the crowd, at one point during the show, you could just feel the atmosphere in there, the sheer enjoyment of people listening to one of their favourite artists, who is multi-talented, by the way, being able to play various instruments, as well as singing with his great vocal ability. It was definitely a show that, if you were a fan and you missed, you would have completely missed out, and I reckon you would have been depressed if you're a fan you missed out on the, your opportunity to see the show it was that strong a performance and i would definitely love to see paolo nutini again i would love to do another podcast about him again about and it's, so then i can just compare the two shows together and just to show you the whole world that he is really really good at what he does and it also goes to show with Paolo Nutini having a minimalist look, you don't need all the expensive technologies, you don't need all the t expensive toys to give you an interesting looking show where he used basic technology and old school technology to a modern feel. And it just created a real good atmosphere. And, and I'd definitely love to see that again. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please hit like, subscribe and share. And if you haven't already done so, why not check out more content from Master X Media by clicking the links in the description below. And we shall catch you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>